friends, I'm Tanya Luna, psychology researcher and educator. And I'm Brian Luna, and our hearts are with the families of RBG and the rest of this country as we mourn this great loss. And you're listening to Talk Psych to, to Me, a show where we take research out of the lab and, and into, into the streets. streets. Let's get into it. We should be talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg today. I'm not quite ready yet. Good, because we're not going to be talking about her okay, today. Okay, good, good, We're going to be talking about you. We're it's the psychology about, of me? Yeah, it's yeah. going to be the psychology <laughs> of Brian Luna. Yeah! Today what? is about narcissism. So it is about me. <laughs> I probably think this podcast is about me. A couple of days ago, you told Uh-oh. me for some reason to Google, is my husband. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> You know, like when you when you type something into Google and, and Google completes it, it for yeah. you. So I looked up, is my husband? I looked up, is my wife? I looked up, is my spouse? And one of the top searches was, is my husband, wife, spouse a narcissist? A narcissist. <laughs> so apparently a lot of people are Googling it. So I figured we should be talking about let's it. Let's talk about it. All right. So let's start with the history yes, of narcissism. Yes, I can narcissism. answer that. Excellent. I can answer that. Okay, great. Because I didn't even ask yet. No, no, no. But is my so wife what are you, what a narcissist? Are you gonna... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't have to. I don't have to ask Google for that. You kidding me? I have to, people are asking Google. Yeah, is my why husband are people a asking Google? Google? What if Google was just Google like, doesn't like, know your husband? I think Google should just be like, "Yep, yep." <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know where the term narcissism comes from? The Greek uh, narcissus uh, was. It? I forgot his name. Narciss like narcissus or something. Narcissus. Like yeah, narcissus. 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 Yeah. Narcissus. So, narcissus. Not narcissus. <laughs> No, it's See, all Greek to this me. is what I'm talking. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Come on. So this is either ancient Greece or some even predated pre-Greece. Mm. As far back as humans can talk, there's been someone that's like, I'm the shit. I'm the goddamn <laughs> shit. I'm the shit. So I think we're okay. I think we don't have to go back to Greek. Right. You know, it definitely uh, goes goes back farther. But where we get the term is from Narcissus, who was this gorgeous hunter. Everyone just like fell madly in love with him. And he had a nemesis named... Nemesis. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why this is cracking me up. I was like, what if you had like a doctor named doctor? <laughs> Or his a, friend named friend. My friend friend. And what if it, what you know? I think I'm just going to call you what my if husband. His nemesis. Husband. All this could be different if his nemesis name was Joe. Right. You're like you are my arch Joe. <laughs> right now we'd be saying that you are my arch Joe. Lex Luthor is my Joe. So do you know what happened with nemesis and narcissus? <laughs> I imagine boss fight. <laughs> yeah. Except what was really smart about nemesis is that nemesis understood. Oh, the reflection in the water. Yeah. She showed him pull away. his own reflection right, in the water. Right. Some versions of the story are that he couldn't stop looking at himself and he just died. Yeah. That's the one I know. <laughs> uh, the other version is that he fell madly in love with his reflection, found out that it was his reflection and then killed himself when he learned that he couldn't actually be with the man that he saw in the water. Beyond ancient Greece, how would you describe the behaviors of narcissism today? Pretty much how I describe it then, looking at yourself in the water. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would describe narcissism now as like what we consider vanity or like inflated self-esteem or inflated ego. Mm -hmm. Um, Can't get enough of yourself. A lot of influencers, a lot of entitled. (laughs) No, you know, I mean, that's what we'd consider narcissism. Like, Well, if you're getting paid for it, I would consider that a job. But then then it blurs and it becomes a character and it's not, you know what I mean? So there used to be this wrestler, WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, named Lex Luger, but his whole gimmick was he was the narcissist. Are you saying Lex Luthor? Lex Luger, that's his name. (laughs) And he was this guy and his whole gimmick would be he would bring a mirror or he would always do his promos in front of a mirror looking at himself flexing. 
And he was called the narcissist. And I that's feel like how, I dated that guy. I think you did. I think that was before me. But it's funny because that's when I first learned narcissist. I had to go do that research. See, so on wrestling my own. is wrestling educational. is educational. So the DSM, the other educational resource, mm-hmm. Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Psychological Disorders. Actually, narcissism was taken out of the DSM, and now it's been put back in. There has been a lot of contention about whether it's a disorder or not. It is now categorized as a personality disorder. I can see why. I bet a narcissist put it back in. <laughs> like, this doesn't capture me. So you can be diagnosed with it if you meet at least five of these nine criteria. Okay, okay. I'm going to read them out, and you just give me a yes or a no. You got it. On you or me? Which do you prefer? You. Me? Yeah. Okay. Because we, we all know you're a narcissist. Do we? Yeah. Okay. I mean, originally this podcast was Tanya Talks to You. <laughs> and I was like, it doesn't have the same ring as Talk Psych. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're the me and Talk Psych to me. Literally, this podcast is about you. Yeah, but you're the understood I'm talking psych to you. <laughs> so you're the understood I am. All right. Number one, a grandiose sense of self-importance. Um. Yeah. A preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, or beauty. No. No. A belief that you are special and unique and can only be understood yes. by or should associate with yes. other special or high-status people or institutions. Yes. No. Okay. Because when I first told you about the Legion of Doom, you were like, I get it. I get it. I see why they all have to. Yeah. So, yes. I disagree. Next one. Of course. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't chime in. I need, is- fine. I won't chime in. A need for excessive admiration. Mm-hmm. Excessive? I don't even like positive feedback. Yeah, you do, but you don't. You don't want to hear it, but you want to read it. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, well, that, so that one's that one's a maybe. Keep going, keep going. You're going to hit nine. I know that. Five. Hit, I just five. need five. Yeah, you're going to hit five. A sense of entitlement. Yes. What? Oh, you're nuts. We're not commenting. Inter- We're no answering comment. yes fine. or no. We have to keep this thing short. <laughs> Remember, brevity is the key. Interpersonally exploitative behavior. I don't know what any of that means, but it's like yes. taking advantage of people. Oh no. A lack of empathy. Yes. Hey, keep reading. Envy of others or belief that others are envious of you. No. A demonstration of arrogant and haughty behaviors or attitudes. Oh, uh, haughty? Yeah. <laughs> haughty too haughty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. I signed me up, I guess. Based Was that on five this, out of nine? I think so. I stopped oh, counting because right I was so the, insulted. You came in right at the end. You, you were at four. All right. Like, later oh, in this episode, we'll get into why spouses seem to think... <laughs> That they're haughty, significant others. I call you haughty in my brain at least six times <laughs> a day. Who even uses the word haughty? What is this, pride and prejudice? <laughs> anyway, in more typical language, I would say narcissism is described as constantly seeking attention, constantly talking about yourself, preoccupation with how the person comes across to others. So that's like material possession, status, attractiveness, manipulative relationships, aggressive if they don't get what they want. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> I would say assertive if I don't get what I want. You, yes, yes, assertive, violent, but not the other ones, right? Like I'm not constantly seeking attention and talking about myself. No, you're not. But you, (laughs) like, you always have to be right. No, no, no. I don't have to be right. I just happen to be right. You know, well, y'all didn't see as she leaned into the mic. That's because you're so you know, loud. She leaned into the I mic. On the, she doesn't sure do that unless out. she's talking about herself. Anyway, does she lean into it? Psychologist Paul Wink, whose name I think is blink, blink, blink. awesome, blink, blink, blink. He found through his research that there are actually two types of narcissism. There's grandiose narcissism, which is the mm. kind you have. Just kidding. Uh, grandiose <laughs> narcissism is characterized by high self-esteem, interpersonal dominance, and a tendency to overestimate one's capabilities. 
And then there's vulnerable narcissism, which is defensive, avoidant, and hypersensitive in interpersonal wow. interactions. Which one do you think you are? <sighs> Neither. <laughs> Like, I thought I was going to I'm get... like a pure heart, I think. A pure heart. So, yeah, yeah. They, Would you say like you're Brian unusually pure, pure? Brian, pure heart. Are you very special in how pure you are? No, no, no. I wouldn't say special. <laughs> but I do like to hang out with other pure hearts <laughs> and discuss our purity. Okay, so this is interesting. Without saying any names right now. My sister. Very good. And moving on. <laughs> hey, cat. <laughs> okay. Without saying any other names, can you think of any other people that fit that? Because, like, I kind of do. Is it also like a defense mechanism? Well, so here's what's really interesting, because that's where I think the distinction between grandiose and vulnerable is important, mm -hmm. because people with grandiose narcissism really do think they're better than others. People with vulnerable narcissism actually have very, very low self-esteem, and they're constantly seeking that appreciation and admiration and reinforcement. Okay, but who's, whose job is it to decide which they are? It's hard to know. It is very possible for any of these self-assessment questionnaires that someone would lie. Usually there's a broader clinical profile where you're not just looking at how people are self-reporting. You're also looking at their behaviors. Sure. You're also looking at how they're answering questions that aren't obviously about narcissism. The interesting thing is that both narcissist types tend to be associated with hypersensitivity to critics mm. and both do especially poorly with feelings of shame. So as soon as there's a feeling of shame that's sparked, it immediately either turns into blame or this spiral of self-destruction. So narcissism is actually highly correlated with substance abuse and suicide. It Actually, it seems to be quite unpleasant to be a true narcissist or even to experience some feelings of narcissism. Psychiatrist Royce Lee and team found that it's associated with elevated stress response. So it's almost like you're seeing everyone around you as a threat and you, you're like constantly both needing people to reinforce yeah. your sense of self. And as soon as you get the slightest bit of criticism, you get this inflamed anger and aggression. Can I ask about extroverts, introverts? Most oh, extroverts, narcissists? Yes. So extroversion is more highly associated with... Did you say our most extroverts narcissists? I did. That's not what I meant. <laughs> How I introverted meant. we That's are. Not what I meant. What I meant was our most narcissists associated with extroverts. Yeah, great question. So, <laughs> so, so sorry, party people. Grandiose narcissism yeah. tends to go hand in hand with extroversion, whereas the more vulnerable yeah. narcissism tends to be more associated with introversion. Nice. So narcissism, unpleasant to be around. Why do you think so many people, yourself included, suspect that their spouse is a narcissist? Well. <laughs> and also, this far into the conversation, do you still think I'm a narcissist? I haven't changed my opinion of you. It's only been cemented. Now. That sounds like change. <laughs> See, you always had to be right. No, I honestly don't think you're a narcissist at all. I, I just think Would that, you ever Google that? <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't have to. I would know if you were if kind of full of yourself. It's no secret that I call you a little know-it-all. Yeah. Like, it, it's, I do like to know a lot. At all. <laughs> okay, so, but, but seriously, going back to why do you think so many people think that they're – these people that they've chosen to spend their lives with, that they presumably love, they're over here in the middle of the night a, Googling, it, is my I, spouse It all goes back to communication, I think. Mm. It all goes back to how well you communicate with your partner. Because you could be together for years and years, 15, 20, 30, something years, whatever. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, I understood what years and years meant. Okay, but I wasn't going to go back. <laughs> Thanks for giving some me some Go 15, 20, 4 years. You know what I mean? I hate that. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. So when someone like lists things but comes back 
back down, you know, like they're like, I don't know, five, ten, two years. Mm, my biggest pet peeve is cruelty. Yeah, that's good too. Um, <laughs> so, but my point is, is that it all depends on how you communicate with one another. So if you can call the other one out on their shit on a regular, you're yeah. never going to Google. If you have the ability to bring someone back down to earth, yeah. you know, as and which you do with me a lot. And you do with me. Sure. I would say we reside on earth together. <laughs> You're kind of in the stratosphere and I'm like <laughs> within the mantle. But my point is, is that <laughs> human beings will always take what they're given, right? So, so you're saying that as partners, we need to learn to ask for what we need because right. otherwise we'll always see or, or, our other or par- our partners. Sometimes greedy. you just need to say what you need. Right. You know, not necessarily ask. Oh, snap. Well, I'm just saying, like, you set this up for me a long time ago. So this was way, way, way early on. and um, Years and years. Years and years. Uh, <laughs> five, four, two years ago. I don't remember. You were upset and I was trying to comfort you. And we got into this big fight because I was like, I'm here for you. Yo, what's the matter with you? Why are you still doing it? I'm here for you. And you're like... Be here for me the way I need you to be here for me, not the way you want to be here for me. And I was like, oh, snap. I was like, damn. (laughs) It put things in perspective for me. So Mm. you spoke up and said, this is how I need you. Either be here or don't. And you've been here. Yeah. No, I think that's a really great point. So on the one side, we don't communicate what we need. I think on the other side, we tend to hear criticism and get really defensive because we're worried that means that we aren't doing a good job. We start blaming ourselves. And in blaming ourselves, we don't want to have that feeling. And so we start pushing away the other person. Sure. So I think on the one side, speak up for what you need. On the other side, when your partner does that, that's a huge win for you if you can use that moment of vulnerability to go, oh my gosh, this is my chance to prove that I can take that feedback and, and, that I can and be there and, for you. Yeah, and be there for you. Also, I want to make it very clear that what I'm not talking about is any kind of like spousal abuse or relationship abuse. I don't mean people going into violent relationships, speaking up for yourself, maybe a danger. You I'm not in, yeah, I'm not in any way talking about that. So please, I don't want to make it seem like people who abuse a relationship give power. That's not what I'm saying at all. Thank you for saying that. I do think it's really interesting that so many people think that their spouse is a narcissist because, in fact, it seems that the prevalence, at least in the U.S., seems to be somewhere between 2 and 6%, although some studies have it as high as 9%. Wait, do what, 2 and 6% what? Of the population can actually be diagnosed with narcissistic personality Only disorder. 2 or 6%? That it. That's when said. was this study? In the 70s? <laughs> We will get into that. But I will say that, though, narcissism is a spectrum. So really disordered narcissism would be in those small, single-digit percentages. What what would your guess be? My guess would be in the, like, in the high 20s. High 20%. Yeah, with the birth of social media, YouTube influencers and TikTok and, you know, all these things, uh, Instagram. Okay, so, so then do you think that narcissism isn't just individual, that it is cultural, it sounds like, from your perspective? Absolutely. I think our mirrors have gotten bigger and, and seeing... Are you talking like about our actual mirrors? No, I'm talking about, like, our mirrors are now the internet and, oh, and I see, like, I see. far-reaching. Oh, ooh, like, that's beautiful. They're no longer just looking at yourself. So it is absolutely a form of narcissism to me to be able just to talk streaming, no interruptions, no one telling you. Maybe someone uh, chimes in and they're making comments. If you don't like it, you're like, oh, well, you don't like me. You Haters. Think I'm su- Hater, click, you're gone, you're blocked or whatever. Yeah. And you're, you're actually literally getting reinforced sometimes monetarily. Monetarily, yeah. Liked. Yeah, yeah. So there's a cultural question here too, right? Narcissism, does it show up differently in different cultures? And there's a really cool study I wanted to share with you by mm-hmm. Align Vader and team that looked what, at- what, what was the name? Yes, Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Not Darth. <laughs> just Vader. His kid. Yes, that's possible. <laughs> 
went on to become a, a, a psychologist and a statistician. I could see that. So this team actually looked at narcissism in people who grew up in West Germany versus East Germany prior to the divide. The Berlin Wall? Yes, <laughs> the wall. <laughs> I think this is such a cool study. They call it a natural experiment. In fact, it's possible that Darth Vader created this experiment <laughs> just so that Align Vader... Let's, not, let's be clear. Darth Vader was a narcissist. Oh, There's no way you're going to dress up with in low that self-esteem? all black costume with a shiny black helmet and That's the red saber. Come on. You don't want people <laughs> looking at you, Darth? Get out of here. He could have worn a cloak. He could have worn like like drab wool clothing. No, he was in a shiny black... Yeah, you're Vader, you narcissist. Anyway, so Vader and team, they decided to actually test individuals who grew up in West Germany versus East Germany because they had the same language, mm -hmm. many of the same cultural elements, mm -hmm. except West Germany was individualistic. East Germany was collectivist. What do you think they found? Well, the food was probably better on the West. <laughs> Easier to find jeans, mm -hmm. I would imagine. On the West. On the West. Yeah. Levi's. Right? And how does that correlate with narcissism? Well, you look good in Levi's. <laughs> so it all comes down to <laughs> Levi's. Man, I remember that when I lived in Ukraine and we didn't have jeans. Here we go. <laughs> My mama make jeans from cornstalk. Okay. <laughs> I just got such a look. I just got the eyebrows. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> Actually, my mom did make us all of our clothes. Thank you. And she did not make it out of cornstalk. But anyway, jeans were really cool. We had the... <laughs> All right, just quick aside. Yes, please. I just remembered something I hadn't thought about in years. Please tell me. We used to play this game. Here we go. This is such weird. Get ready. Buckle up, y'all, because this is when shit gets weird. We'd sit around as a family. And, you know, we didn't have jeans. They had jeans in the West. The game would be, imagine you have jeans. Imagine you have jeans, and then the jeans have lots of pockets. And then you have to guess what each family member puts in their jean pocket. Oh, God. And then you win if you can guess what's in the pocket. How Usually it was bubble gum. ever fail? <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Next week on Imagine You Have Jeans. Okay. Now that we've made fun of my culture, <laughs> let's go back to Germany, shall we? Wow. I can't believe you just laughed in my face. I was going to tell you this, like, sweet childhood memory I had. Imagine we had so many jeans. Our goddamn Barbie dolls came with jeans, an extra <laughs> pair. Like you guys, imagine and you, you were had poor. jeans, and we were poor, and we still had Barbie doll jeans. Uh, well, the second game was imagine. <laughs> imagine you had a Barbie doll. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's imagine come back. Imagine you have two potatoes. Okay, go ahead. We had a lot of potatoes. Uh, so. Let me just tell you what happened. Please. So East Germany, West Germany, turns out <laughs> people who grew up in West Germany, kind of no surprise, had a higher incidence rate of grandiose narcissism and actually lower self-esteem than people who grew up in East Germany. When they looked at people who started school 
after East and West reintegration, uh-huh. there were no differences. So the reason I think the study is interesting and important is that it shows that narcissism isn't just something individual. It's also very much impacted by our environment. What we see, what we watch. Yeah. And who and our TV role models at are. the time. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah. So with that in mind, knowing that our culture and our environment and even things like you brought up like social media shape the extent to which we have these behaviors of narcissism, whether or not it's diagnosable or just somewhere on the spectrum. Do you think that narcissism is on the rise? Yes. I think we're getting more and more icons popping up all over the place because mm-hmm. not that it's easier to be famous, but I think it's, it's easier to be famous. It's easier to be famous. Yeah. So I just don't want to insult anybody. But like, you know, <laughs> I remember years ago when we just had the Kardashians and now there's, I can't differentiate the newest Kardashian that's not a Kardashian. You know what I mean? Like that. Are that has still that. called Kardashians though? Oh, no, no, no. The, the family is. But okay. but like there, there's so many types of- Is this like of... a nemesis called nemesis? Yes, exactly. That's not a Kardashian, Kardashian that's not a Kardashian. But like, you know what I mean? Like there's all these influencers and people popping up mm. all over the place. And even with video games, like you have streamers, you have Twitch streamers and uh. that, are, that are getting like million dollar deals with production companies. So you think there's that, more pressure to- be recognized or to be seen as No, special. no. I don't think there's any pressure because everyone who does that, they're the product, right? So like, look, you want to look like me, put it on like so this. So you don't think that like there's this. more pressure. You think there's more access. Yes. I don't think there's any pressure because like who- But are... people make fun of you if you don't have enough followers. Followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or- Maybe uh, we could change that with getting like, some reviews Remember we were talking- Yeah. Can you please leave us some reviews? Can you make us influencers like we asked <laughs> early on? But what remember when we did our episode on popularity? Yeah. And right after- Afterwards, we talked to our niece and we were asking her, you know, what does popular look like today? And she was like, well, how many people follow you on Instagram? Yeah, it's like how many followers? Yeah. So I do think it's a combination of both access and a certain pressure. And before being famous seemed like a pipe dream, whereas now Mm. you're like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not famous yet? Right. And people used to have to travel miles and miles to get to Hollywood. Now you flip on your computer and you start talking and that's it. I love that point. And also I love <laughs> imagining you flipping on your computer. I do. I do it like 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 those levers. <laughs> you just, you the, your hand gesture implied <laughs> that you were still using a computer from the 80s. We actually have a computer room. Steampunk. <laughs> <laughs> so there is some evidence that narcissism is on the rise. Mm-hmm. Newsom and team looked at whether or not people agree with the statement, I am important. And they were tracking answers to this question from 1963 to 1992. In 1963, 12% agreed. <laughs> In 1992, what's your guess? 22%. 80%. Damn. I am important. Twenge, who's a a big researcher in this space and team, found a rise in the phrase, I am the greatest, between 1960 and 2008. 1960, Muhammad Ali, that was his phrase. Oh, snap. In the late 60s, yeah. Okay, so maybe strike that one. And then overall, narcissism scores seem to be going up. So your hypothesis is social media, Muhammad Ali. And. uh, Economic prosperity is probably a big part of it. Economic prosperity. And think about this. Now you have so many people with this self-empowerment. You matter and you are important. And, Dr. You know, Seuss. Dr. Seuss, Dr. Phil, do, all these pseudo-doctors. All the doctors. Uh, all the doctors that are coming Dr. out. Dr. Phil's a real doctor. Well, Dr. Seuss is too. So let's let's let's. I don't you. think he was a real doctor. Dr. Doom. Uh, my point <laughs> is, is that you have all these like self-help things. Maybe in oh, the yeah. 90s. There's actually so, like, a there's huge the rise spike of this. in self Yeah, because like that's where all those literature. books. Basically telling you that everything you're doing is fine. 
and like, valid and, and good valid and, and good and it makes you and you're important. That's what I think really complex because on the one hand, we're at a time in society where there are still so many voices not being heard in our culture across the world. And then there oh, are sure, sure, voices sure. Yes. that are maybe being heard too much. There are people who feel too important. There are people who yes. feel unimportant. So I actually think that we're in this tense time where we have to figure out how to feel that who we are and what we need matters, but that it doesn't matter more than other people. Right, right. And I think that's a, a really tough balance to rise up if you're low and to sit down if you're floating a little too high. Yeah. And I think that's probably what we need to do as a society. There's another piece to this that I thought was kind of interesting. So Twenge and Foster, they looked at the Social Security Administration baby name database <laughs> And, and they found that in the U.S. in the late 1880s, 40% of boys received one of the 10 most common names. Today, fewer than 10% get a common name. So even in the way we're looking at our children is kind of bestowing this like pressure to be unique and special. Yeah, and, and you're like, forced to smile when you hear that, oh, this is my kid Citrus. And you're like, <laughs> oh, that's... Cool, cool name. Meanwhile, you named our pig Outlaw Josie Mysterio Luna. Well, that's a that's a name <laughs> that, that has meaning. We could have named that her Babe. Babe. <laughs> so I think we are increasingly, particularly in Western cultures, but I think increasingly because of Western influence around the world, becoming kind of obsessed with individuality. Of course, again, there are big benefits to this. We're seeing people speak up for their needs, mm -hmm. and then there are big drawbacks when we start to overestimate our importance we listen less we insist on more praise and recognition we have this group of people not being heard and we have another shouting too much there will be a middle ground but this is a battle that's been going on for hundreds of years so i it's going to take some grand movement to hear here's the good news possibly so bianchi and team found that entering adulthood during tumultuous economic times AKA 2020 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> leads to less narcissism. So if you sort of came of age during a time of prosperity, you were much more likely to be narcissistic mm. or to have some characteristics of narcissism. If you came of age during a time of scarcity and some sort of turmoil, that it actually makes people a lot more humble. So any takeaways for you, Brian, personally, kind of I, assuming we talked to society, let's, let's go back down to what this episode was really about. My husband, Brian Luna, <laughs> Am I a narcissist? No, you're not a narcissist. Neither are you. I'm not married to a narcissist, y'all. I am um, also not married to a narcissist. I, uh, my takeaways are every time we do <laughs> one of these podcasts, it teaches me to hate a little less. And that's all I can hope for. And and I know I don't want y'all to think that I got this black hole for a heart or anything like that. But I do have a tendency to get angry or to lose faith in people and humanity. Every time we do a podcast, I learn a little bit more about humanity you know mm. from both sides of the fence even the, the the parts that i don't want to be around yeah so that's huge for me that's what i think is so beautiful about psychology is you sort of start to build empathy i think for yourself and for other people for myself this conversation was a good reminder just i knew this already but to remember that i'm not all that important for me my narcissism probably comes out as like anxiety or stress mm -hmm. where all of a sudden i think that my problems are big problems and it's a good reminder to like shrink that down and just go, the world is big. The universe is huge. Keeping that perspective. I don't have the type of narcissism where I think I'm better than other people. Yeah. I think I forget how ultimately I'm just one speck in the grand scheme of things. And there's something really comforting and lovely about that. One of the other takeaways is that Batman is probably the biggest narcissist, even bigger than Luthor. 
And he has some comorbidity in terms of like depression and anxiety Very, and loneliness yeah, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah. it sucks to be a narcissist. Let's and have some empathy for the Batmans. Batman and Tony Stark. Speaking of superheroes, we've got some pretty super listeners tuning in. <laughs> yeah. So thank you all for doing that. As Brian mentioned earlier, please be sure to leave a review, spread the word so that we can help other people feel less important also. <laughs> we could chop everyone else down to size. <laughs> <laughs> and as always... Thank you for listening to Talk Talk Psych Psych to to Me. Me.